set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. This word, prepare your mind for action. The King James says to, to, to loin the girds of your mind. And so if you think about this, this is kind of a long clerical robe that I don't very, wear often. In fact, I've never worn it ever. Um, it's usually hanging in the wall of my office. And so if you remember back in the biblical times, they would wear robes. And he was saying, so if, if a man or a woman wanted to run, they had to take their robes and lift them up and put them in their belt so they could run or they could be ready for action. And so that was the mindset here. And so your mind gets shrouded by the robe of the world. It gets shrouded by your fears and worries and all that stuff. And God says, you gotta, you got to pull that thing back, tuck it in the belt so that you're ready for action. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, here then in, in the new, the new inter, the international version, it says, prepare your minds for action. You are to be prepared for action for God's plan. Be self-controlled. And I, and I was talking to Martin about this. We live in a society where we blame everybody. I can't control myself. I can't control myself. I can't control myself. And there are times when there's a chemical imbalance or something happening, but God can help you get in control. Amen? God can help you be in control. See, I couldn't control myself. I just couldn't help it. Knock the water bottle over. But, but I'm telling you, there is self-control through God's power, God's Spirit. And we want to believe in that. So if you have your Bibles... Turn to, to 1 Samuel 17, 3 through, through 11. 1 Samuel 17, 3 through 11. I want to build the case here and I want to talk about it for a few moments. And I want to help you and I to be who God has called us to be. 1 Samuel 17, 3 through 11. And again, let me give you the backstory here again. So Saul is the king of Israel. They're facing the Philistines, who are, their, are their, one of their arts nemesis. And they're gathered to battle. And of course, you know the account. This is not a fake story. This is a true account where, where the Philistines had a giant. His name was Goliath. He's over, he's over nine feet tall. And, and they were facing every day. And they were facing up to battle. And they'd come into this valley. And, and Goliath would get up there and say, come fight me. And he would yell and, and do that. And all the children of Israel, the armies would, would run off every day. A young shepherd boy who had some brothers there fighting, his dad sends him and says, go bring some food to, to your brothers and to the captains and find out what's happening. So he, he happens to show up when this was happening, when the children of Israel, or the armies of Israel and the, the armies of the Philistines were gathering and this giant yelling. So he sees all this happening. And he asks, well, what would happen? Who, what, who would, what would happen if, if someone went out and defeated this guy? Well, the king would give you all this money, you'd marry his wife and you'd be free of tax. Wouldn't that be awesome? No more taxes for the rest of your life. Wouldn't that be awesome? So David says, I will go. The account is, well, you're just, you know, the brother, the, well, you're a punk, get out of here, go back to, to your sheep, and we'll talk about that another time. And then the king, Saul, says, you're just a boy, and, and, and of course he says, I'm a boy, but I believe in God, and of course we know the ultimate goes out. We'll read it in a few moments, but I'm just trying to build the backstory. I want you to see that you can be like David in your work, your home, your school, the giants that you're facing. Come on, Amen. The Philistine, verse 3, the Philistines occupied one hill and Israelites another. With the valley between them, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 15,000 shekels. On his legs were, he wore bronze greaves and a, a bronze javelin was slung on his side. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and the iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? 
Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I, am, if I overcome him and kill you, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Today the world tells you to be dismayed and to be terrified. The world tells you your God can't. Sometimes your mind tells you God can't. I'm here to tell you God can. Come on, amen? And I'm going to help you try to... You've got to align your mind, your body, and your spirit. Because... Your mind is not some lone ranger thing. You, you can't just have thoughts to say, well, no one knows what I think about. And, and can't, you cannot believe that those thoughts will not affect the way you live your life. If you continue to have negative, self-deprecating thoughts, you cannot deceive yourself to believe that's not going to come out of your life. And when the world tells you you're just, we're just a little tiny church on the corner of the street, just shut up and be quiet. Or you're just this one little believer in your workplace, just shut up and be quiet. You need to say, you know what, Satan? I am a child of God. And God will give me the ability through His power, through what the world calls foolish. Maybe it's a smooth stone. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a life lived for God. But I want you to start becoming giant killers. And I know it's not politically correct. Okay? Giant slayers, giant fellers, whatever you want to call it. But we're called. See, your mind, your thoughts will engage your body. They, they, they tell you, if, if you're really tired, what is your mind thinking about all day long? Sleep. Coffee. Monster. I mean, whatever. So, so what happens? Your body's telling who's what's in charge. Now, you need to sleep, okay? If you haven't slept for days, you need to sleep. Or if you're really hungry, you ever been in a meeting, like, and your stomach's like growling? And the meeting, and like, and we're blah, 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 therefore, blah, 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 the next projection is blah, 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 blah. And what's all, what, what are the, what's the only thing you're thinking about? Food. And so what did you think? Um, yeah, sounds good. Whatever, whatever you want to do. That's fine. Oh, we're going to fire you. That's what we talked about. Oh, what? That's not good. No, 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 no. Uh, or if, if someone cuts you off in traffic and you're on your way to church and they, they gave you a signal and then all of a sudden you see them like pull into the church. And you pull into the church. And you're... Who's controlling you? Your emotions. I'm here to tell you that in God's name, you can align all three of those things. Your mind, your body, your spirit. And you can get them in control. And I want to help you today. Are you good? Okay. See, the army of Israel faced a giant, Goliath. He held them captive in fear. And they, they could not go up and fight him because they were, they were fearful. Their mind was united behind fear. And yeah, I mean, a nine-foot giant. I mean, that's huge. A nine-foot giant. But they've seen God do miracles. And you see, sometimes you and I, we, we've seen God do miracles in our own lives. And we know that in the back of our mind. Okay, I know God did this in my life last year, two months ago, yesterday. But there's this giant. And sometimes we disconnect what our experience has been with God with the current giant. And I want to help you today to say, you know what? There's that giant, but God defeated this giant. That giant's going to come down. Are you with, good with me? You see, again, as I've, I keep saying, God has created you for a great purpose. 
And one of those purposes is this church, you and I, are to take out cultural giants that are keeping people in bondage. You see, you don't live in this area, you don't work in this area by accident. You're called to this area to take out the cultural giants that are destroying people, that are leading people astray. The first thing is this, the need for a unified mind. You've got you to you gotta unite your mind. You've got to unite your thoughts. You've got to unite your thoughts with your spirit. See, many of you, and I'm not trying to be mean, but sometimes the only time you look at your Bible is when I bring it out here on Sunday mornings. When I put it up on the screen, or maybe you pull your Bible, or you pull it And I'm going to tell you, that doesn't help you unify your mind and your spirit and your body throughout the week. Because the Word says that, that the Word of God is living, it's active. I mean, every time you open this Bible, it's like the Holy Spirit can breathe into your life. He can refresh you, He can renew, God can speak into your life. And so, your thinking can draw you closer to God, or it can pull you away. If you're not careful by letting it pull you. I'm asking you to pull, allow it to pull you in. You see, if you think about your God-given destiny, you think about what God's called you to do, and you start planning on it, and you start dreaming on it, and you start coming with a plan, an action plan, you're more likely to do that versus the only time you think about it is when Pastor Stan brings it up every few months. And then also you get, get, get caught back into, I got these projects, I got these bills, I got this thing, I got these taxes, my kids need this, I got to do this, I got to do that. And what happens is, these thoughts begin to pull you away from the destiny God has for you. And I'm here to tell you, and I've said it before, is you can take captive those thoughts. You see, if you, if you have a dream from God and you plan on it and you work the plan and then you actually step out with the plan, it's more likely you'll accomplish what God has called you to do. Versus if you're passive about every thought in your mind, you will probably not achieve God's great plan for your life. If you allow every thought that comes through TV, through internet, through text, through, through reading, and, and again, I mean, I don't even need that stuff. Sometimes my thoughts will go weird if I don't. I'm just sitting there sometimes, or I'm driving in the car, or I'm even sitting there. I'm even, I can even be praying, and if I'm not careful, my thoughts can go off somewhere else. And you see, too many Christians are living minimal Christian lives because we, we don't take captive those thoughts. We allow our thoughts to be passive. We allow the world to speak into our thoughts and we struggle to hear the Word of God on Sunday mornings because our thoughts are not with God throughout the week. We're passive. And I'm telling you, you've got to be active. Your mind will be set adrift by the currents of circumstances, by the negative images, by the pull of the world, and you probably will not fulfill your God destiny. And I'm here to encourage you, that's not God's plan because you can take captive your thoughts. I'm not saying you can't relax. I'm not saying you have to be on guard 24-7, but you have to guard your thoughts. You have to unify your thoughts. Put them behind what God wants you to do. You see, your mind is a powerful tool that God has made. And if you don't challenge the worldly thoughts and the worldly drugs that they put into you every day, and I'm not talking physical drugs, but I'm saying the world tries to drug you with its system. And if you don't put a stop to it, if you don't put a guard against it, it will pull you away. Check this out, 2 Timothy 4, 3, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Listen to this. They will turn the ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But here's your call. But you... Keep your head. There's that concept. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work in evangelists. 
discharge all the duties of your ministry. You can take captive those thoughts. You can think clearly. Come on, say, I can think clearly through Jesus. All right. Amen. Thank you. So, we will do what we focus on. We will do what we allow our mind to passively go to. If you're passively thinking, oh man, if I would have just bought 50 more lottery tickets for that big lottery. Man, if I would just put the box of Twinkies down. And I, or if I would just would, would do this. And so what happens, and it's, your mind goes away. And that's fine, I'm not saying. But if you continually let your passive thoughts just go wherever, you're not going to go anywhere. Come on, amen? Are you doing good? So the second part of this is the mind. Listen, the mind is a central part of your life, character, and spirituality. The mind is a central part of your life, character, and spirituality. See, the ancient church leaders said that your, your, your life, your character, and your spirituality, that was your intellect. And see, we, we react to the world around us through our inner life, say inner life, our outer life, and our verbal life. So your inner life is, again, your thoughts, your emotions. Your outer life is what's around us. And then, of course, there's your verbal life. How you react. How you respond. How, what you think. And, you know, in the scripture, and I have it somewhere here in a, in a few moments, I'll get to it. But it says, from the abundance of the heart, the King James says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so your inner life is trying to be renewed daily by God. God is trying to speak life into your inner life through the Holy Spirit, through the Word, through worship. He's constantly trying to renew you, to refresh you, to have good thoughts. But the world is constantly trying to put in bad thoughts, negative thoughts, evil thoughts, whatever thoughts, destructive thoughts. And you see, the children of Israel, the armies of Israel, they allowed their inner thoughts to be controlled by their outer life. And you can't always control your circumstances, but you can control the way you react inside. And so the children of Israel, the soldiers of Israel, every day they are bombarded by this giant. You will not defeat us. You come and fight me. Every day their outer life began to wear in at their inner life. And I want to challenge you. You've got to be careful. You've got to let your inner life be stronger. Come on, amen? You see, it's, again, as I told you, the inner life is where the Holy Spirit wants to speak. And you see, the Israelites, when every time that Goliath would challenge them, they're, they're, in their mind, I'm sure they said, we can defeat this guy. God is able, but their outer life had controlled their inner life. And so every time he would yell, they would run. And you see, now some of us are in that same place where you've heard about God, or you remember God did something five years ago, ten years, twenty years, fifty years ago in your life, last week, last month. But you've been bombarded by the giant in your life. You can't do this. You're going to be sick. You're going to die. You're going to, you're going to fail. You, the church is going to fail. The world's going to fail. There's going to be this apocalypse. Blah. You're going to just forget it. And if your inner life is not being renewed every day over time, your inner life says, yes, yes, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And then when the, when the giant of your life gets up there and says, who are you? I want to shake you a little bit. You run. Instead of saying, you know what? You're not in charge of my life. Because God is in charge of my life. So you've got to get your inner life lined up with God. You've got to allow the Spirit to speak to you. Because if you're not, He will lead you astray. And you see, listen to this. This is my concern and I'm seeing it in this church. I'm seeing it in the church in America. Is that if the world's voice gets stronger 
And we're not feeding ourselves spiritually at home, at work, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, accountability, and serving. Our inner life gets shut down. And when our inner life gets shut down, our thought life starts becoming controlled by the world system. It's no accident that we're intellectualizing and explaining God away. It's no accident that 80% of kids that get out of high school abandon the church. Because they're sitting in class every day, they're going to college every day, and everything that they hear from the school, they believe it is the gospel truth. And it challenges their faith, and, and because their inner being is not being built up, they're not reading the Bible, they're not praying, you are not praying, you're not living the life of God before them, they're going to be brainwashed or led astray. And I pray that that doesn't happen in our watch. That we believe that we're that church that's just crazy enough to believe that God can take one smooth stone, one act of faith, one thought of God, and can knock out a cultural giant. Come on, amen? Imagine if the education system really taught our kids to think for themselves. Imagine if the education system allowed the church to be the church. Did you know that most school systems and some of the universities were actually places to prepare people for ministry? Whether they were a doctor, whether they were a lawyer, whether they were a politician, whether they were a business owner. And so now it's quite the opposite. And I'm not saying we can control that, but I'm saying what could happen is if you and I took captive our thoughts. You see, what you think about generally begins to, to, to come out of your inner life through your words and you begin to act on your words. Come on. It's true. You, what you talk about, what you allow to control your thought life, your words becomes who you are in time. Here's what James says, chapter 1, 21-25. It says this, Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. See, the word has been planted in you. You've got to get rid of the filth of the world. Get rid of that garbage. Well, everyone else is cool. Is it cool to jump off a cliff? No. Everyone else is doing it. Then it's, That's foolish. I know that's a little extreme, but the world's telling you to jump off a cliff and don't think anymore. Don't let your mind be in alignment with God anymore. That's foolish talk. Amen? Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's crazy, right? Here's, here's the important part, verse 25. Excuse me. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, check out what happens. He will be blessed in what he does. So in other words, when you take the seed of God and you think about it, you, 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 you mull it through your mind and you, you obey it and you do it, God will bless you. The world says, forget about God and and do this hard work and you'll be blessed. And hard work does pay off, but when it's lined up with God, it's even more powerful. See, God made you. God made your mind. Don't waste it, amen? So here it is, number two, the power of a unified mind. You doing good? Come on, I want to encourage you. I know, uh, Pastor, I'm I'm depressed and I'm not even going to watch the football game tonight. That's fine. We'll come to your house, we'll eat your wings, we'll eat your stuff. So the power of unified mind, the first thing is unifying your thoughts and words and actions. Unifying your your thoughts, your words and actions. 
You see, the, again, the Israelite soldiers had given in to the fear by the size of the giant. David, on the other hand, his thoughts and words and actions were united with God's plan because he was a worshiper. When he was out there, and again, if you remember a shepherd boy, uh, he's out there tending sheep. And he's out there worshiping. In fact, David wrote many of the Psalms. He maybe had his electric guitar out there. I don't know. He didn't have an electric guitar. He had his harp and maybe he had a flute or song. And, and maybe he was singing songs. And he, of course, was, was practicing taking his sling and stone and <laughs> target practice. He was preparing himself for life. He knew who God was. He knew who God's power was. He believed in God's power. He thought about it. He dreamed about it. He, he acted it out. And so, in fact, it's like this. If you've ever seen, and I love Winter Olympics. I love summer. Man, is the Olympics this summer? Oh, I love the Olympics. It's awesome. I love the ping pong championships. I, I, well, they would kill me. But, but you ever watch now? This is kind of, it's not a new thing now, but I remember back in the 80s, it started to become more popular. You ever see like uh, an athlete before, uh, before like a person going to do the jump or run? You see them with their eyes closed. You see them like moving their arms. You see them thinking through. And, and you see them maybe like pretending they're jumping up and all that. They're preparing their minds for action. They're preparing their bodies. They're telling their body, we are going to do this. And I told you this account because I'm a police chaplain and I go to police chaplain trainings and, and, and we were talking about this officer and this guy, he was, he was like a captain in some police force in New Jersey and he said what the officers do, what they train for, they, they, they do that in the street. And he said what happened one time with these, these two officers b- b- before they'd go out every day, they would, they would practice, they would take their gun out and they would practice disarming each other and what they would do is they would just give the gun back. You know, they would disarm the guy and give the gun back. Disarm the guy and give the gun back. So what happened was these two officers, they, were, so they did this every day for years. And so finally they, they go out and, and there's this guy, he pulls out a gun on the guys and the officer, guess what he does? He disarms the gun and he gives it back to the guy. Why? It was in his mind. His, he just, and of course, he's like, oh my goodness, and took it back and then he took it away from him. He realized, oh my goodness. But you see, when you do that... Every day, good or bad, what you do, those things happen in your life. And so here it is. You've got to unify not just your thoughts, but you've got to unify your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Listen. Listen to this. Listen to the words you're saying when you talk to people. Listen to the words you're saying when you're in a group of people. Listen to the words that you say when you're in a, a church meeting, you're in a school meeting, you're in a business meeting. Listen to your conversation with your friends. Listen to what you're saying. If your words continually go back to you, you're probably thinking about who? You. If there is a person that's done something bad in, the, in your workplace and you're constantly referring to, to this person, you're passively aggressive, what are you thinking about? That person. The Israelite soldiers were thinking about that fear. They were thinking about that giant. And you see, your words reveal what's in your heart. If you're constantly complaining, that's what's in your heart. If you're constantly depressed, and that's that's in your heart. And I'm not saying it's bad except for that God can get it out. It is bad if you let it control you, but God can help you get it out. But what I'm saying is to you, you've got to take action and say, I'm tired of complaining. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being negative. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being scared. Lord, help me to speak the words of life from my mouth. 
And that's why I gave you that sheet last week. I am a child of God. In Christ I can do this. I can do those things. You see, these words that are in your heart begin to come out. Here it is, Luke 6, 45. The good man brings good things out of the, the, the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Or the King James Version, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, few people, few people, and even in the church, do we even connect the actual power of the word that we speak in our lives. There's power in your words. Your words can hurt people, can help people, can discourage people. And you may just say, well, I didn't say anything, it's just a joke. But your joke could be mean. I didn't know I said that. It's because you don't even know what you're thinking anymore. Because you, you're not in control. You're just letting stuff come out of your mouth. And you cannot just let stuff come out of your mouth. You've got to filter it through what God wants you to do. Come on, amen? You see, listen, I'm going to read this so I get it right. If the verbal life is not free, it manifests every few sentences through worry, through fear, anxiety, or self-degrading words. Let me read it to you again and I'll explain it. If the verbal life is not free, it manifests itself every few sentences through worry, through fear, through anxiety, or self-degrading words. In other words, you can't help talk about what's in your heart. If you're worried about something, it's going to come out every... You know, when, when I talk to them, hey, what, what's, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How can I help you? What do I need? Oh, I'm fine. I don't need anything, but I need a million dollars. Why did you say that? You know why you said that? Because you think you need a million dollars. And maybe you got a pile of bills. Maybe you got a million dollars worth of bills. Maybe you think, well, only way for me to change my life is to get a million dollars. That is possible, but I doubt it's possible. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. But except for, I don't think I can make it. Why did you say that? Why did that come out? It's because inside you think you can't make it. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine except for, uh, you know, well, my, everything's fine in my school. But, but man, my, but all of a sudden then you say this. Why did you say that? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What do you think about those people? I, I think they're fine people except for I just hate that one person. I hate that team. I can't stand that the pastor would even talk about a football team. I can't, I can't stand that. Are you, are, do you hear what I'm saying today? You see, many believers don't think negativity controls their lives. Doubts control their lives. Fear. The unknown. Man, God is the God of all things. You and I really should not fear. I mean, I... I'm not a prophet, I'm not a doomsdayer, but I read my Bible, one day the world is going to end. When? I don't know. It could be next year, it could be 50 years, it could be 1,000 years, it could be 10,000. I don't know, but all I know is I'm supposed to prepare you for action. And I had, I had a person sitting, no one from Archer, I had a person sitting in my office this week telling me, oh, hey, Pastor Stan, have you read this book? I was like, no, I'm like reading 50 books. I'm working on a master's course. I don't have time to read these kind of books right now. Oh, there's going to be a great economy failed this year. And I said, but you've been saying it to me every year for the last 12 years. I said that in my mind. But I did say, you know what? It is always possible. But you know what? When he walked away, all of a sudden, I started thinking, all of a sudden, guess what? I started getting fearful. 
I said, wait a minute, that's not from the Lord. That's the devil. Because if it does fail, God is still in charge. Come on, amen. Because I'm coming to your house to eat. Because you're a doomsday prepper and I'm ready. Because I'm coming to your house. Amen. You see, David, though, his words were correctly expressed how God viewed him. David knew who he was. And I'm challenging you, be who you are by God. Amen. So glorifying or guarding, I'm sorry, guarding the unity of your mind. You will probably never see a world-class athlete downing a box of Twinkies after every workout. Okay? You, I mean, you probably, sometimes they, eat, they, they do eat weird stuff on occasion, but I doubt it's going to be a box of Twinkies. Okay? Number one, that's like preservatives and it's nasty and all that stuff. But if, if they go away from training and they go work out and then they're done and they start hanging around people that eat boxes of Twinkies every day, or they drink like 15 gallons of soda or they smoke 30 packs of cigarettes. If they're not careful, if they keep hanging around those environments, guess what they're going to probably start doing? Come on. If they don't keep their mind and their body in training, they're going to fall. None of us are perfect. Come on, amen? And if the people you and I hang around eat poorly spiritually, vomit unspiritual things and we're hanging around them all the time. That's why Paul said through Jesus, bad company, do not believe bad company corrupts good morals. It wasn't a lie, it was truth. So you've got to be careful. You see, there's great strength. Some of you, you come into church, you're excited and, you're, and then you're like, oh, God's going to do this work and then all week long you don't feed on your spirit. And then you, you, want to mer- you hope that whatever Pastor Stan or Pastor Raphael or the guest speaker says is going to bring you back to life. It's like some of you come in here and they, they've willed you. I mean, you physically came in here, but spiritually, you're like flatlined. And you're hoping that the worship would be like, you know, they did that, you know, the, the uh, you know, and your heart's boom, 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 right? And you're hoping that Pastor Stan will pull out the anointing oil and say a prayer and do a charismatic dance or something like that. And then lay your hands on all of a sudden you like come back alive. Yes. I'm reborn. Hallelujah. Right? And then you go back to work and you go back to the negativity and then all of a sudden you're just again. You don't have to live like that. You can be in charge of your thoughts. You can be in charge of your words. You can be in charge of your life. I mean, we're all frail. We're all people. We all have temptations. But you don't have to be controlled by those. Come on. Amen. You see, there's great strength when we leave. And what a powerful time of worship this morning. Every, I think every Sunday we have powerful worship times. But you and I got to walk out of here vigilant, watching our thoughts, watching our lives, watching our bodies. You must determine to eat healthy words throughout the week. You must determine and act by practicing prayer and Bible reading. You must determine to listen and obey the voice of the Spirit. But if you don't, the world system will drug you. It will tell you what to think. It will tell you what to believe. It will tell you what God is when that's not true. You see, when Goliath, he made demands. Send, send out your champion. And if your champion beats us, we'll serve you. But if we beat you, you serve us. You see, the devil makes demands of your life like that every day. You, you can't love him. Don't, don't negotiate with terrorists spiritually. When he gives you something, just say, Forget it. Remember what Jesus did when the devil tempted him? What did Jesus do? He quoted what? Scripture. Because there's power in the Word of God. 
And there's power in a unified mind. Prepare your mind for action. Let me move on. Number three. Lessons from a shepherd boy's mindset. Here's lessons. I mean, we were, we were talking about prayer this Friday night and, and, and Melissa was talking about her kids believe this certain thing that they keep entering this thing. They're going to they're gonna get this thing that they keep believing. And they're, in their mind, it was, it's like a dream home, right? Or something like that. So they keep entering. And their kids, and I, love, I love the kids. They're like, they're, we're going to do it. We're going to win it. We're going to win it. And you and I are like, yeah, right, whatever. Right? And you see, David said, I am a servant of God. God helps me win. He believed it. Everywhere he went, he believed that God was going to help him win. So here's what I'm going to say. Here's some lessons from, from the shepherd boy's mindset. You will face giants. Come on, you will face giants. Say, I will face giants. And I'm still shocked. I believe, oh, oh my goodness, this trouble came. The Bible says troubles will come. You will be persecuted. Oh, I can't believe they're making fun of me at work for being a Christian. The Bible says that will happen. Be unflappable in your faith. Come on, amen? You see, he was, he was again, he didn't expect to face a giant. He didn't expect to, to fight. They didn't have internet. His brothers were not sending Snapchats back home to dad. Dad, there's this big giant. Oh, selfie of the big giant. So I was running in fear from the giant. You know, they didn't do that like you. So today we have instant access. So they were, it would take months, sometimes years to hear about news from, from battles. Weeks. Hey, I don't know what's going on. Brothers haven't sent any messages by text. There's been no, nothing like that. I need you to go. Facebook's down right now. The internet's down. I don't know what happened. Go check on your brothers. That step wasn't true. So David had no idea what was going to happen. He walks in again. I already, we already went to the account. He goes. The giant's out there yelling. The children, the, the soldiers of Israel run off. He didn't expect to face a giant, but he was prepared to face the giant. You've got to be prepared. Come on, hear me? Prepare your minds for action. You're going to face giants. Come on, amen? You're not going to face your giant on your spiritual high. You're going to face your giant when you're tired, when you're weak, when you're weary, or unexpected. The second part of this letter B is perspective is very important. Again, David had a different perspective. He was not camped in the negativity every day, the the soldiers of Israel. He wasn't there every day. Fortunately, he came from outside. He had an outsider's mindset. And I want you to believe that this world is not our home. You need to have an outsider's mindset. What the world says, and, and God help us in the politics in the United States and the, the presidential not, uh, candidates, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us, please. Deliver us from them all. They are not my king. I'm going to vote for someone, maybe a pray. Cast a vote, but they, I'm, my hope is not in them. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in God. I have a different perspective. God is able. God can still work through people. Come on, amen. You see, David had a different perspective. You see, the threats of the giant, they were real. The soldiers weren't lying. He was nine feet tall. He had this big armor. He was a warrior. He, was, he yelled loud. It wasn't fake. They weren't lying, they weren't making it, but they were in fear of this giant. There was what, they, what scientists call cognitive dissonance. In their mind, they knew who God was, but this giant's loud voice made them run in fear. And you see, the world system keeps telling you your addiction, your struggles, the giant, the thing that keeps coming to your life, the devil, he keeps telling you, you, are, you cannot run from this giant. And what happens over time, if you don't lift up your mind and your body and your words, you begin to believe the lies of the giant. You begin to run in fear. Come on, amen? 
But why was David's perspective different? Because the soldiers, again, they weren't lying. The problem was they left God out of the equation. They saw him in the past. They didn't see him in the present. David had a relationship with God that was active and present. Some of you, your relationship with God was 30 30 years ago. Five years ago. You've got to have an active relationship with God today. Come on, amen? You see, you and I often, our, our thoughts, we have thoughts before we speak, and then we speak, and then, of course, what we talk about begins to come out of our lives. And your brain... It's a chemical, it's a muscle, it's a superhuman thing, and it, it, it's, it, it's, it's controlled by chemicals. I mean, yesterday, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I work out because I love to eat. <laughs> and I want to be good, I want to survive as long as I can. And so yesterday, because I, I, I hate running. You got, anybody runners? How many runners? How many love running? You love it. Don't lie to me. I hate it. I mean, I'd rather be on my bike, my mountain bike riding. But I mean, so I'm running on the treadmill and, and every day I can run the treadmill and, and sometimes it's like, it's like a breeze. I'm like, that was easy. But yesterday it wasn't easy. I, mean, I was ready to quit. I got things to do today. I got, I got home. I, got, I mean, I was making all my mind kept and my body's like, oh, this is hard. And my mind's like, yeah, that's right. This is hard. And so guess what? It was hard. But I was like, no, come on. I've done this a, a ton of times. I hate running. Yes, but Father, get me. And I started thinking, David. All right. I'm really, I did. It's like, Come on, if David can kill a giant, I mean, I can run a mile on a treadmill. My goodness. Seriously, I had to do that yesterday because I didn't want to be on the treadmill. Hate it. God bless you guys that are like addicted to running. You're awesome. I'll pray for you. But you see, my thoughts were trying to tell me how to live my life. My body was trying to tell my life. I had to say, Lord, I want to finish this mile. I want to I want to win. And sometimes you've got to ask God to help you break through. You've got to want to win through the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen? You see, David had no idea he would face a menacing giant. He walked into uncertainty, but he was always ready because he knew who God was. You're going to walk into uncertainty, but you've got to know who God is. Come on, amen? He understood God's power. He understood God's glory. He understood that God was willing to defend his name and those who dishonored God. So when the giant gets up there and he cursed, it says, it says in the scriptures, he cursed the God of Israel. He cursed them. He cursed the children of Israel, the armies of Israel by God's name. And David took offense to that. He said, how dare you talk about God creator, Jehovah, Elohim. How dare you talk about him like that? So here we go. Number four. Those are some lessons. Number four. Victory or defeat hinges on thoughts. Your victory or defeat hinges on your thoughts. The first one, giants are a sign. Listen to this. This is very important so you don't give up. Giants are a sign that you're ready for your next step of victory. Giants are a sign that you have arrived at your next place of victory. God is moving you on. He's moving you on to a new place, a new place. And if you don't overcome this giant, you're going to be stuck in that valley for 10 years, 5 years, 5 months, 30 years, 50 years, maybe your whole life. And God is saying, I can help you defeat that giant. Help me, help. Let me be a part of your life. Let me give you the solution to that giant. Come on, amen. Every believer will face giants. We must remember the enemy, he opposes you. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to, he's afraid of you. He's afraid of one little believer taking out five smooth stones or one smooth stone through a prayer, through an action, through a word, through a thought. He's afraid of that. Why do you think he puts giants on life? Because he is afraid of you. You've got to think about that. I mean, that giant wasn't afraid of that 12-year-old boy, but that 12-year-old boy wasn't afraid of that giant either. 
Because he knew who God was, and that giant did not know who God was. You see, the current mind where you're facing, it means you're spiritually alive. Well, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel God. And you don't really feel God, you just got to know he's there. Sometimes you feel him, but you just got to know he's there. And because you're facing a giant, you're still alive. Go like this. Check your, you're still alive. Ushers, pull out those that are in our life. You're still alive. You're still in the battle of life. God still has victories. Come on, amen? So imagine, imagine the great victory if you and I could get our thoughts, our words, and our body into one unified thing. Imagine if you shed all the negativity and you believe like David as a shepherd boy. Here's what happened. First Samuel, I'm getting down to the end. Really, I am. First Samuel 17, 45 through 47. And I'm going to go a little fast. And I'll slow down. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin. But look what he said. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, say this day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the hearts of the beasts of the earth and and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is what? The battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. David believed this because he saw God work in his life. Imagine if you believe like this. Imagine the giants that you can take down in your life, in our community, our culture. Come on, amen? You see, you and I will realize victory when we start living like this. The last thing is checking if your thoughts are unified. I'm sorry, two more things. Checking your thoughts. First, believe this, ungodly thoughts. Ungodly thoughts will always seduce you away from clear thoughts, from, from faith. It'll always pull you to negativity. It'll always pull you to fear. It'll always pull you to destructive thoughts. And you're going to have wild thoughts because your flesh wants to control you. It just happens. But your God thoughts will bring stability in your life. It'll bring peace. It'll bring comfort. Immediately when I started thinking about what that guy said in my office Friday and he said that the economy is going to fail and this is going to fail and after that fear, I mean really it swept over me. I was like, oh my goodness. And all of a sudden the Lord said, I am God. Don't fear the world. Don't fear what's going to happen. I am God. You've got to say, there is a God. He, he is not stressing, oh my goodness, I've got to pay taxes. Oh my goodness. De- oh, Michael, what are we going to do? He says, I am God. You've got to believe that He knows what's going on. He loves you. Come on, amen? He loves you. He's not going to leave you hanging out there. But you have to get your mind, your thoughts, your body behind God. And you hear me say this all the, often. Good change always starts with one good thought. Good change, come on, say it. good change, always starts with one good thought. Start thinking about that good thought and good change can come. In fact, even, you heard me say this, remember, just think about this, doubt your doubts. When doubts come in, say that, that, where's that from? Doubt it. Question your questions that are against God. Question your questions that want you to destroy. You can control your thoughts. You really can through the power of God. Matthew 22, and here's how you do it. You unify everything. Matthew 22, 37 through 38. 
Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And of course, the second is this, love your neighbor. So it says, love your God with all your heart, your thoughts, and your passions. Love God with everything you are. Come on, amen? Last thing, here it is. Christ the victor gives you authority and strength to overcome every giant. You should be shouting and, and, and like standing up right now. First John 5, 4 and 5 says this, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Did you just hear that? Do you guys have it? Do I have the scripture? For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Do you see that? You will overcome. Say, I will overcome. Come on, you got to believe this. Don't like, oh, yes, no, no, no. Believe it. Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There's your victory. Come on, amen. Your victory becomes simple through powerful thoughts, through this confession that I am a victor in Christ and letting the Spirit of God speak into your life. You see, God will never allow you to have a mind war that you can't win. Think about that. God will never allow you to have a mind war that you can't win. He's going to give you victory. Come on, isn't that exciting? No threat. No war. No failure of economy. No sickness. No no pandemic worry. No addiction. No situation is impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for God. It might be one stone, one thought, one prayer, one praise away that God could destroy that giant through you. Come on, amen? Your mind and your body, they must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You must allow the Spirit to speak to you. Would you stand with me? Here's the last scripture. Now, then I'm going to open up prayer and the worship team would come right now. Therefore, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So if we fix, listen, we fix our eyes on what is unseen, or what is seen but not on what is seen. For, let me read that again. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Fix your eyes on the eternal. Prepare your minds for action. Put your thoughts and your body all in alignment to the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, set this church free. Set each person free to be a, a, a person that's called by God to take down cultural giants, to take down giants of fear and of addictions, of, of depression and oppression and, and whatever the enemy is putting in our lives. Lord, we have the power through Jesus. The battle isn't won by swords and politics and, and thinking alone. The battle belongs to the Lord and you have called us to overcome and you've given us the power to overcome. And so, Father, whatever that giant everyone in this room is facing, I'm asking in your power that we, we align our thoughts, we align our words, we align our body, we align our spirit with you, knowing that you are going to help us overcome. Because there's nothing impossible for you. Would you, just for a few moments, just allow the Spirit to speak to you right now. Imagine yourself with no weapon in your hand except for maybe the Word of God or maybe a, a, a stone that is from God. Now imagine God taking that stone and you having a sling, that maybe the Word of God, a scripture, a praise, a prayer, and that giant in your face, see him there over, trying to overwhelm me, and you through the power of God, imagine yourself taking that sling and that stone, that Word, that, that thing from God, and slinging it and knocking that giant out and he's gone. 
Imagine that addiction knocked out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine that fear, that oppression. Imagine that, that financial need, that healing, that sickness being gone by the power of God today. Come on, church. You're not supposed to leave this place defeated today. You're supposed to leave this place unified with God. Because God is greater than the world system. You are greater. You have overcome. If anyone is in Christ, they have overcome. And I speak victory into your life in the name of Jesus. Financial, spiritual, emotional, relational, whatever darkness, whatever depression, whatever fears, whatever addiction, whatever ailment you're dealing with, God can help you overcome it in the name of Jesus. And whatever cultural giants telling you you can't, whatever someone negatively said in your life said you will never be, don't receive that today in the name of Jesus. Because you're mighty through God. And you're going to do great 